What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, hey, hey. It's the Chaos Queen here, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. There's nothing wrong with your podcast player. Do not attempt to adjust the volume. Hello and welcome back into our studio. You are now inside Studio 2009. I'm, of course, Steve and Mike. And joining me once again for the first of the year, 2024, we are all new in 2024 on the GeekCast Radio Network. It is Mr. David Draper. Hello, sir. How are you? Yay. Yay. Uh, today we are continuing uh, on with the new year. And, uh, and yeah, so new year, new 12 months of Star Wars. We will most likely finish all of our Star Wars coverage by December of 2024, according to the schedule that I have planned out. Okay. So, yeah, full year, full full 12 months of Star Wars this year, and we are heading back into that far, far away galaxy to talk about Season 1 of Andor, or Star Wars Andor, however you want to, whatever they label uh, it as. Yeah, I, I think technically it's Star Wars Andor, but I just call it Andor. Andor. Uh, I owe you an apology, actually. I, Uh-oh, I didn't I messed, do it. I, I messed up the entire series. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I, I, I rewatched the first episode. Because mm-hmm. I thought Andor was set earlier than it is. Okay. So technically, Solo should come first. Oh. I've, I've ruined everything. No, you haven't. I've spoiled it. Spoiled no, you it. Haven't. No, you haven't. Yeah, we can... We Andor can fix it in the place, editing. Okay, well, Andor takes place five years before Star Wars. Um, right. Remember, in the, at the very beginning, it says five years BBY? Yep. That's, battle, that's battle, battle, battle before Battle of Yavin. Yep, that's like yep. their ADBC kind of yep. marker. Yep. So. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll fix it in the editing. It's fine. It's yeah, not a problem. I, I screwed it all up. I don't know. Well, that's the interesting thing about pre-recording this stuff, because, ladies and gentlemen, even though you're listening to this in 2024, we're recording the future. It. Yes, the future. We are recording. Actually, do you it know? Do you know like roughly when in January? First week of January, right yeah. after New Year's. Okay. Why is that? Because my birthday is the second week of January. Well, happy early birthday, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's the second week. I, I know. <laughs> I know the. I know the date, but you know, weeks can be weird. Okay, the date is what? January what? Uh, no, actually, it's the third week. It's 15th. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, Martin Luther King yeah. Jr.'s birthday. Yeah, this will come out January 5th, so 10 days before your 27th birthday. Yes. 
<laughs> oh yes, Andor. Oh boy, just the facts. Here we go, folks. Uh, Andor is a Disney Plus Star Wars series. It was created by Tony Gilroy, which we will talk about him in a moment. Uh, Star Wars, obviously based on George Lucas, starring Diego Luna, Kyle. Spun off from from Rogue One. Yes, spun off from Rogue One, and I'm so happy. <laughs> so if you go back to whenever the hell rogue one came out 2016 2017 whenever it was after it came out we had reviewed over on a different podcast we reviewed uh the uh, force awakens <laughs> the episode title was the force awakens inside rogue one so we reviewed both films in one episode of the podcast at the time and i did not back then i did not give two craps about Rogue One until a character I knew showed up at the end. I cared nothing for those characters back then, had no interest in learning anything about them, and thankfully, all these years later now, we have this prequel to that film with this series, and I'm really digging the characters in this. Cool. I, you know, because you, you kept going, oh, it's going to be interesting, and I know that you know that I really like this show. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like, does he hate it? Does he think it's garbage? <laughs> no, no, no. Does he fight? No. Fisticuffs? So I was like, <laughs> so I was like okay. Well, I mean, you know, like, if it, I know that a lot of fans did not necessarily like it. I, it. It was a, the show itself is literally a slow burn. I'll let you get back to your, mm-hmm. the, the facts in a minute. But, like, the, so, the show itself is literally a slow burn. And I think acceptance of the show was a slow burn. It was like, after it aired, there was a lot of buzz about how good it was. And people suddenly kind of came back to it. Because to be fair, that first arc does move a little slow. I'm fine with that, but I, I can see where people, you know, because Star Wars is kind of known for faster, more intense. That's the famous George Lucas quote, faster, faster. Right. And it's 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 not that. It's it's it is as different from Star Wars you can be while still being Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And we'll get we'll get into what I mean by that in a little bit. But like I I think that's what really sells it for me is that it's it's because 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 fans. Fanboys are always wanting the same thing, but different, you know, like the same thing, but just a little bit different. It's, it's, yeah. it, I, I want it on a plane this time. I want it on a boat this time instead of on, in a building, you know, I want the same thing, but different. And this is the same universe, but it's a very different approach. And I really like that. I think yeah. it worked. I completely agree. I'm honored to stand before you. I'm honored to be a daughter of Therix, and honored to be worthy of the stone. A stranger. Feel as if I can see you. I was six, I think. First time I touched a funerary stone. Heard our music. Felt our history. Holding my sister's hand as we walked all the way from Fountain Square. Where you stand now, I've been more times than I can remember. I always wanted to be lifted. I was always eager, always waiting to be inspired. I remember every time it happened, every time. 
the dead lifted me. With their truth. And now I'm dead. And I yearn to lift you. Not because I want to shine or even be remembered. It's because I want you to go on. I want Ferrix to continue. In my waning hours, that's what comforts me most. But I fear for you. We've been sleeping. We've had each other and Ferrix, our work, our days. We had each other and they left us alone. We kept the trade lanes open and they left us alone. I think this is in line with, you know, this, you know, whatever future. I know there's supposed to be a season two coming in 2024 sometime mm. later this year, I think. I think it's uh, August. They were filming it when the strike hit. So. Right. Yeah. When, when, yeah. When the strike hit. But I'm saying like there's supposed to like this isn't like, oh, my God, are we going to get in a, a second season of Ahsoka? Most people probably don't want a second season of Ahsoka. But. My point is, is that this is going to have a second season at some point this year, hopefully, unless something else happens in Hollywood. Yeah. Whole thing burns down. I mean, they still, they still got to, they still got to finish the actor strike first. Yeah, they're working on. Yeah. Uh, so when I watched this, I was like, okay, I'm going into this fresh. Yes, I know the name Cassian Andor. I don't. Re- We've talked about this. On yeah. the, you, and, you and I have talked about this, and other people and I have talked about this. I well, don't remember it, 10 minutes ago, let alone back in 2015 or 2016, what the hell. like. So like, that's what I did with this. I went in fresh with it. I looked at it as this is the beginning of this character's arc, and Rogue One is the conclusion to his arc as far as I know. But I, uh, I Yeah, I mean, if you remember the ending, it's the conclusion. Yeah, well. It's very conclusory. Yeah. But my point is, is that, and as I say, I say this in every every episode, I I love beginnings and endings. I love the middle too. The middle is great, but I need to know where shit started and where it ends because yeah. that's the whole. Well, you, you, again, you and I have talked about this on and off air about storytelling and blah 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 blah. Well, yeah, so I think I, endings are very important. I think endings are not appreciated mm-hmm. as much because because a lot of storytelling by because it's a commercial venture. You know, like sitcoms and and TV shows aren't supposed to have endings. They just they're supposed to keep going until it gets canceled. Comic books aren't supposed to have end. You know, these stories are written to always be kind of open ended. And even with movies, they uh, particularly horror movies, they cheat at the end, right? It's yeah. you resolve you resolve the story and then you put a little thing at the end so you can have a sequel, so you can make more money, so you can do another one. And so that I think a lot of people just don't appre- a lot of writers, a lot of creators don't appreciate how satisfying a good ending really is. Yep. Absolutely. So starring in this lovely uh, series, 12 episode first season series, as I mentioned, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, you have Kyle Soller, you have Adra Arjana. I'm going to screw these names up folks. The two names that I saw in this that I was like, wait, what are they doing in here? Stellan Skarsgård and Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) I was like, holy crap, Forrest, what is uh, Nate Okay, from? so you, you must have forgotten, you really did forget Rogue One, because he's in that. Yeah. 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 
I yeah, I completely for yeah, Rogue One is a uh, is is yeah. But yeah, so he plays Forrest plays the the live action version of Saw Gerrera, who I just saw in Clone Wars when I did my whole animated series rewatch uh, of the Star Wars cartoons. So yeah, I yeah, so very very awesome. But for me, Stellan Skarsgård just he's not just the the scientist from from uh, the Marvel movies. Uh, he was the the opposite to the late great Robin Williams in 1998's Goodwill Hunting. He was his best friend and uh, professor, you know, former whatever. They were professors together in, in Goodwill Hunting. He was Professor Jared Lambeau. Um, but I mean, this guy has like it credits the mile long, yeah. like seven miles long. He debuted in 1972. And most recently for film, oh, he's going to be in Dune Part Two. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Baron Harkonnen in Dune. Okay, very cool, very cool. And uh, and yeah, he's going to be Luthen Rael uh, in in Andor twenty twenty two to present. So main role, awesome. That's so cool. I love that guy. He's so great. Yeah, As he is. Actor. He is my favorite part of the series. Oh, between him and and Cassian, they are him, Cassian, and Bix. Is that how it's supposed to be pronounced? Uh, is, is Bix a uh, Bix is the girl from yeah. um, mm-hmm. Ferrix, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The main the Cassian's. But there, there really friend. wasn't a main like there were there were there were three major. I mean, there were kind of four major female characters in the show. Yeah. Which is which is fascinating to me because there's all this political stuff bouncing back and forth, and this show has four strong female, at least four. I mean, there's yeah. like five. Uh, you know, because there's there's Mon Mothma, there's Bix. Yep. There's Deidre, who's the ISB officer, and yep. there's Vel, and then there's Vel's girlfriend who, like, hates stormtroopers. Um, but like, they're all strong, complex, flawed, multi-dimensional characters. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I, I kind of, I don't want to step on you doing your thing, but like, one of the things I kind of loved in retrospect, after, like, when I started thinking about the show, is is Deidre's arc, the the ISB officer, because when you meet her. Right. She's kind of like I, I like characters that are smart and competent yeah. as a general rule. And she's like she knows what's going on and no one at the ISB will listen to her. And yeah. there's the one guy that's always kind of patting her on the head. And it's like, you know, you're kind of like, you go, girl, you, you know, you, 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 you show yeah. these chauvinist dips. And she yeah. kind of makes her way and she she rises up to the ranks. and You're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden there's that 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 record scratch noise where you're like. Oh no! <laughs> like because the ISB are basically the Gestapo for, for the for the, the Galactic Empire. Yep. And and you realize what it means for her to rise to the ranks and what what she does in her position in the ranks and it's horrible. And you're like, oh, I've been rooting for her. Yeah. Oh no. No, I I knew <laughs> as soon as I saw her, I'm like, she's the she's the she's the evil villainess. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just I, I like that whole sense of her being frustrated. Right. Like, no, absolutely. Like, just like the. You know, and I, I, I was rooting for her. She's. I like the character that's like, okay, this is what's going on, and I've got it figured out. And like, you know, because I like strong adversaries. I think they're mm-hmm. more interesting than sort of jobbing it to. Yeah. To some, you know, schmuck who just can't, you know, that's boring. That's just. Yeah. Like the uh, like the second in command schmuck. The, the the guy I forget what his stupid yeah. name is the you know who I'm talking about um, I think so Chief Hine or no uh, Mosk or whatever the 
the young guy that the old the young dude, the young guy that's getting in her way. Basically. Yeah, basically, right? yeah, yeah. The one that's like, oh, because he's and, good. No, he, he's basically like, you know, yeah, you, I, I have my little territory. Don't you mess with it, and everything's under control, and I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him. Although, want, although it's funny because my second favorite character, like one of my favorite characters, he kind of is my second favorite character. Is I call him Sergeant Tiny Penis <laughs> because you know who I'm talking about. Because yeah. he's got that small penis energy of like he's got to be the biggest. He's he's a short guy. He's a little hefty, but he's just got to be the you know the, the the blade is sharpest when it's used, which is actually yep. not true. But like you know he's mis- he's Mr. Guy. He reads Soldier of Fortune. You know he's always dreamed of being in a combat scenario. And he just like he, he's just all talk, all bluster. He's, he's he's kind of a chubby little Lieutenant Gorman, and it just <laughs> all falls apart in his face. I love it. I I one of the things I, I am sad about mm-hmm. is that this particular Star Wars has been passed over in terms of the toys. Yeah. Because oh my god, I would buy everything from this. <laughs> I mean, they've done they've done black series, which you know I I I am not a fan of the black series. I actually broke down after rewatching. Uh-huh. Uh, I broke down and I bought a Luthen Rail Black Series because I love that character so much. Right. But, uh, I, I figured, but like I would buy, I would buy him. I would buy, you know, I would buy all of them. Yeah. Like because I just I love that show so much. But it just I the, I I think all we're ever gonna get is is Cassie and Vel, uh, and then the the robot. They did do the robot, but it was a Disney World exclusive. B. They did B. Who's like the, the fucking heart of the of the show. Like I, I I as I was watching it this time, I'm like I know you love. Chopper, but tell me you did not fall in love with B. Yeah, B is B is pretty awesome. B is so sweet. He's because I love the idea. Because one of the things that made Star Wars feel so revolutionary at the time was the idea that you know everything had dents, everything had rust, everything was used. Right at the time in science fiction, that was revolutionary because everything was more like the prequels back in the day. It was all shiny and chrome and and perfect. Right. So Star Wars was rough and and lived in and used up. And B is a droid. Like B is like your version of a phone with a broken battery. Oh yeah, and and it's just it's a it's a fascinating take on droids, and he's so sweet. And I, there are even articles written about the way that people treat because people treated him like another person, you know, like 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 like, and and it was cool. And like I, I love the scene towards the end when the other guy Brasso, you know, he's like, okay, B, you know, Marva Marva's died, and and you know they're they're cleaning out of her apartment. And, yep. and Brasso's like, okay, you got to come with me. And, and he's like, can we just stay here tonight, please? Can you just stay here with me, please? And he's like, okay. It's like, yeah. oh, I love the. And then the very end, Cassian's like, you've never let me down. You know, he's like talking up, like, yeah, yeah. This. It's like, yeah, well, I'm leaving you in charge because yeah, exactly. you know, you know, because I trust you. You've never let me down before, buddy. And it's just like, just, just, just the show is so good. It is so good. And the funny thing is, when I watched the first episode, so I, I don't have notes on every, every single individual 12 episodes because... Um, it's a lot of discover. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm an idiot. We all know I'm an idiot. I was supposed to watch this a week before this recording, even though this recording will be published in the future. I blitzed it. I watched everything within 12 hours before we recorded. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I, I like I, I I have notes in my head. I had, you know, we can talk about whatever, whatever, if we want to bring up specific episode moments or whatever. But like I was sitting here the other night and I was like, no, I can't sit here for 12 
hours or whatever, however, because each episode is like that 40, 50, well, whatever, man, I'm not sitting yeah. here for 12 hours watching this. I will lay in bed and, and watch it on my phone for 12 hours, fine, so I can consume it. But when I wrote down notes for the first two episodes, and I have four notes for episode one. First note, this is the kind of Star Wars I like. Mystery, intrigue, and droids. Because B2 is amazing. I need, if you see, and I, I think either you pointed it out to me or something, uh, whatever, uh, Star the Star Wars YouTube channel does the the blips, the Star Wars blips with R2 and, and uh, BB-8. And it's this little animated thing where they're having adventures and it's sound effects and it's just the droids. No, I have not seen that. Okay, I, I, I probably I, I will not tell you about that because I don't know about it. Okay, well, I will share that with you because I think you would... It's just like, it's shorts. It's literally like two-minute videos. And there's like, I don't know, three seasons of it or whatever. And it's it's, it's funny stuff. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw B2, I was like, ooh, I now want to see B2, R2, and BB-8 all together. And Chopper, I had Chopper in there too. All four of them. Four droids walk into a bar. We don't serve your kind here. <laughs> Oh, God. So, yeah, going into this, I didn't know what to expect. I like that there are no laser swords anywhere in this series at all. Uh, well, that was, that was one thing I didn't like is that there was one moment. And it was kind yeah. of stupid. It was, it, like, like, it's not perfect. I love the show, but it's not perfect. There's one moment I thought was kind of stupid when it was trying to be cool. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about, right? When Luthen, Luthen's ship gets caught by the Imperials in a Cantwell-class cruiser, which is a super fanboy moment. Yes. Because uh, Colin Cantwell did the original designs for all the models for Star Wars, uh, and then he got he got fired because he didn't like them. But he's 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 got his own little Millennium Falcon, and uh, he's doing all this he's, he's he's doing all this cool badass stuff. And then all of a sudden, his ship has these giant lightsaber wings, yeah. and I was like, "That's dumb. I don't like I, that at all." I loved that because I what I that. what I loved about that was. These Imperials that are trying to pull these Imperial police that are trying to pull him over and yeah, stop they're, they're, him. They're, even though they don't realize who he is, they're just harassing him. Yeah, there's a lot much. of that in the sh- in the in the show. Is the, the Imperials like because there's always the, the mentality of people where well if I just if if I just don't break the law if I'm just a good citizen then what does it matter if like the people in charge are a bunch of fascists? Yeah, and w- what Andrew's kind of trying to say is uh, even though the characters did stuff, they, what they get harassed for is stuff they didn't do. Yeah, but he, he was he was doing a bad like he had the little and he had the stuff that shot out the back and wrecked the, the dish and he had uh-huh. the guns. He didn't need space lightsabers. <laughs> I think he did. That was oh. a, like that was a cool that was that to me felt like what the missiles are on the, I, I, the again you're you're uh, you know I'm not worthy here but don't the X wings have missiles on the end of them that you that. You know what I mean? Like that's what that looked like. No, to me. they don't. Uh, the, the missiles come out of the nose cone. Uh, the torpedoes really? come out of the nose cone, and then the, the things on the end of the wings are are the guns. Oh, okay. Well, the guns. That's fine. They, to me, they basically just took the guns and turned them into laser swords for a ship, and I thought it was hilarious and funny as <laughs> I love. Anytime spaceships do weird, crazy stuff to get away, I love it. Uh, that's just hilarious to me. I understand why you don't like it, but at least it wasn't somebody showing, like, at least it wasn't Luke. Of course, it couldn't be Luke showing up, obviously. It's five years before, whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, at least it's not somebody with a lightsaber showing up that we already know. And yeah. uh, Coming from me, that's weird, folks. 
because I'm the person in Star Wars that I need to know the characters that I already know. I don't really care about any of the blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm changing my tune on that uh, as I've watched. That whole approach is interesting to me because – and and I've been thinking about it. You are you know you are in fact younger than me, and it occurs yes. to me that like a lot of the media you consume, you go into it already kind of knowing who the characters are. Yep. Where you know like you you see a Batman movie, you know who Batman is. You know you yeah. see, you see, when you saw Star Wars for the first time, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, they were all cultural icons, and you would absorb that by osmosis. Yeah. Where uh, most of the movies I saw as a kid, and even you know like I. I for me, I take it as a standard kind of thing that I go into a movie or book or TV show not knowing who the characters are. And that part of part of the show, part of what makes a show good or bad is how they, you know, in, how those characters engage me. Right. Like, you know, so it is kind of weird to like and I, I see your point, but it is strange to me because like almost everything that I watch and consume, it's like I don't know who these guys are, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they do have a limited time to like convince me of who they are. Right, but yeah. like I don't, I don't like, I don't know who you are, so I don't care. Yeah, that's this is strange to me. It's a strange. I, it's, well, it's, it, it's one of those things where I think now in 2024, the reason why I've been like this for the past, let's say, 17, 18 years since 2000, whatever, 2010, 2011, 2012, whatever, is because when I grew up in the like I was born in 1980, so we're I'm 11 years younger than you we're are. About, yeah, we're, yeah, we're about yeah, somewhere around there. Whatever. In the 80s, we had all new stuff because we had He-Man and Transformers. Like, there was no nothing before. Like, there was no He-Man Transformers shit before the 80s. We had that new stuff. That new stuff is now 40 to 50 to 60 years old and whatever. And all as these companies are doing now is just regurgitating that. And there's no, like... There's really no new like there isn't a, a new revolution of hey let's take this character or let's create this character for this set and go forward and create something new with it. It's more of we need to keep a hold of our IP, we need to keep going and make sure that is making us money. That's why most of the time for me I prefer things with characters I know versus having to get invested and then oh crap we didn't make enough money like, again when we did the oh, okay series. well like the, the, see that's interesting because you were a very young child in the 80s <laughs> yes because no, i was i was like a preteen and teenager in the 80s and oh my god like <laughs> it was just a rule you did not get attached to it like they, there were a ton of science fiction shows on tv but you did not get attached to them you never got attached because they if they were made it by six episodes you were lucky you know, it's like something would come on. You go, oh, that's neat. And then it was gone. That's um, the same. That, that's even more relevant today, man. Like, OK, I know it's not the best whatever. And it was just a little silly thing. It was a it was a test that NBC did. And I can't believe I'm bringing this up in a Star Wars show of all Star Wars podcasts of all things. NBC, a number of years ago, tried to do a show called The Playboy Club. Starring uh, David Krumholtz, uh, Bernard from the Santa Claus movies. Uh, he was also Charlie uh, in uh, Numbers from 2005. Anyway, so the Playboy Club was very short-lived. It had like, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes, whatever it was. Didn't make enough money, and NBC pulled it. So the companies have been doing that for 
ever since the eighties to now. If it doesn't make, I'm, I'm what, sure. I'm sure before then too. Like, well, obviously, it's just, yeah, it's just but, I was more attuned to it because it was a because science fiction was the specific genre, and like I would pay attention to that. But I'm sure they did that with like like cop shows and westerns, you know, because that's that's just TV. It's like I remember NBC was a little weird in the early to mid '80s because Brandon Tartikoff would fight for shows. Yeah, and that's how we got Cheers, and that's how we got a couple other shows that like would have normally been canceled right away. Yeah, but Brandon Tartikoff fought for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just one of those things where. In today's market of streaming and and all that and everything else, it's like you better watch this and have no expectations of it because if you try to get any expectations of it, you're going to be sorely let down if it doesn't continue, kind of thing. But Andor, again, first first episode, I wrote down what is it? What is he exactly after? Et cetera, et cetera. We obviously find out it's this box, and then really he's looking for. Skarsgård's character, uh, what's his? Oh God, I've got it right here. Luthen Rail. Luthen um, Rail. But it's the opposite. Like he's he's looking to sell the box, get out, and Luthen Rail's looking to uh, like yeah. hire, not hire him, but I mean technically hire him, but acquire him for the heist. Yep. Galdani heist. Yeah. And then the last note I have for the first episode, I will say that this is the first show or film in a long time. That does the time transitions correctly to where it's not jarring. I hate time jumps. I've, I I don't care if it's a comic book. I don't care if it's a cartoon. I don't care if it's a movie, a TV show. If you are in the present and you jump back to the past or you go to the future and you don't have a proper way to convey that, it is jarring to me and the back and forth. But I will say... The back and forth on this, how they did it with the time wipes or how they did it with the almost like the commercial break type stuff. I found that very, very cool. And again, we're seeing Cassian's beginning here. And that's really interesting. Yes, he was an Ewok. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, he's an Ewok. I mean, they he comes from a very culturally primitive planet. Yeah. Or society on the planet. I, yeah. I, I remember like I had an easier time this time because I was a little. You know, the first time around, it's the first time around, and I'm watching it. I was a little confused by what all happened there. Mm-hmm. Not the actual events, but, like, there's all this stuff about it being wiped out and horrible. Like, I guess there was a mine, and the mine had an accident. And then the Republic troopers came and wiped, wiped out his village after he got rescued. Yeah. Um, it was a little, like, I, I got those two things kind of mixed up in my head, which was confusing. You know, it happens, because, you know, you're, you're watching the thing, and you're not. Yeah. Like the first time, especially, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking notes. I'm not preparing to talk about it to anybody. It's just, you know. Yeah, you're just watching it to enjoy it. Yeah. And the, I will say one knock on the show. Like like I said, it's not perfect. Yeah. I was slightly annoyed. And I, I get that, like, you can make the argument, oh, well, in real life, things happen and things don't always work out. And it's not always neat and tidy. That's fair. But, it like, the whole thing about his sister, like, yeah. was really important in that first episode. And then now right. now his, his, his adopted mother does say, let it go. Yeah, which is which is I guess fair, but like you know that that it is a TV show, like <laughs> you know like you can't really let it go. That that feels weird and unresolved. Yeah, it 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 did feel weird and unresolved, and yeah. Uh, I love his mom. I love Cassian's mom. She's, Marva is great. Yes, yeah. Marva is amazing. Oh. I understand why they killed her, but damn, I wish they hadn't killed her. 
And the only reason why I understand why they did it is because number one, they're evil, and number two, it's so we could have the recording of her. Yeah, and, and and you know that when, like, I, I guess they fought for this and they lost. Mm-hmm. When she's saying "fight the empire," uh huh, that was not the original line of dialogue. Oh boy, what was the original? It was line? another. It was another word that begins with the letter F. <laughs> Fuck the Empire. Fuck wow. the Empire. Yeah, they wanted that in there and they couldn't get it. Oh. I I think I mixed fu- feelings about that because like part of me is like, that's so her, that's so perfect, that would be so cool, mm-hmm. but it, like it would be weird. It, w- it would be weird in the sense that she's trying to basically rally the troops and have everybody go fight. And no, it's, ride- it's weird, like it's weird to have the word fuck in Star Wars. It's well, true. Weird. Yes. I mean, unless it's, you know, how it should have ended or something. But yeah. It, it just, um, yeah, it, it's really, really weird. Like, I love, did you, did you catch, there's a, there's a big riot, there's a big fight, Brasso has the brick that has her ashes in it. Yep. And he uses it to clobber an Imperial guy, and I'm like, oh, she'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, she'd be so happy. That's, she'd be so happy. That's that's one way to spread her ashes right there, just right in the face. Womp! Womp. Oh, man. Now, this was, this was a lot of fun. The show. I, I'm really glad you liked it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I don't remember Rogue. I always, I, you know, I repeat this. I only remember the ending to Rogue One. I don't remember anything. And I'm glad we're going to eventually go through and do Rogue One as we're doing this whole 12 months of Star Wars series, so I can rediscover it and figure out whether I actually like it or not. But I didn't give two craps about Cassian's character back then. And now, because I have all this from this series, it's like, oh. I now need to see where it goes from here with him and how his arc eventually obviously ends. What else about season one of Andor would you like to talk about, sir? I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's a whole show, so there's a lot to it. Uh, the, uh, I just, I love the way it's all put together. I love, uh, my favorite thing are the arcs because there's like, like three arcs. And I, I, I've said this before, I think off air and maybe on air or on, on the show where like, if, if you were paying attention the first arc is like corporate security. Yep. And then it's Imperial office. It's Imperial soldiers. Yep. And then after the Eldani raids, suddenly there are stormtroopers everywhere. Yep. Like you don't see a stormtrooper until episode, I think seven, you see it. You see a tie fighter during the Eldani arc. Cause they're flying around. Yeah. But like, it's just like, and, and this is part of Luthen's plan is to provoke the empire into reacting so that yep. people will be more inclined to join the rebellion. Um, yep. So it is it, like I say, you know, it, it's sort of sold as the dawn of the rebellion, the beginning of the rebellion. But it's the beginning of the rebellion and the empire we know. Yes. Because the yeah. empire at the beginning of the show, Cassian says they're they're kind of fat and arrogant and and content, and you can get away with a lot because they're not really paying attention. They're not quite as oppressive. By the uh, end of the series, they're paying. By the end of the season, they're paying attention. They're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it is episode seven because he. Returns to Ferrix to settle old debts, and he learns that people blame him for the Imperial security crackdown in the presence of stormtroopers on Ferrix remains. Well, there's, also, there's, 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 there's an earlier sh- I think it's earlier in the episode, there's a shot at a spaceport on Coruscant. Yes. And yes. suddenly there are stormtroopers there. Yep. Um, I, I wasn't even sure if we were going to see Coruscant. I was like, ooh, Coruscant, yay. Yeah, and I love, like... You know, it's it's such an interesting contrast because we got Coruscant in Mandalorian season three, mm-hmm. and and those were like more the Ralph McQuarrie, and there is there's a whole scene that takes place from a Ralph McQuarrie painting the the during the, the episode that I hate, 
with uh, Pershing and the mean lady who betrays him. Yeah. And it's like there's like the t- the tip of the tallest mountain. It's like the only piece of of Coruscant's natural landscape that's that's left exposed. There's a park built around it. Yeah. And that that's a Macquarie painting that like that it's in. There's this book of like unused Macquarie pa- or largely unused Macquarie paintings that that flesh out the Star Wars galaxy. And a part of me is like, okay, that's neat. I'm a fanboy. I know where that comes from. But it looked it looked like they filmed it in 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 what you know they've got this weird like airplane hangar with tv screens or whatever yeah like, like and, and, and it worked for the first couple of seasons of mandalorian and just it looked fake it looked but all the scene all the all the locations in andor even though they don't quite look like something out of macquarie sketchbook they look real yeah i think they were real locations and they look interesting and i loved coruscant in this show i loved like the the, the one guy gets the job that the, the Bureau of Standards. Yeah. And it's just a million cute. Like, I loved stuff like that. I love the apartment buildings. I loved that design. I love the, uh, the, the station, the, the transit station on court. Yep. I, I loved all that real world kind of vaguely European, weird, weird to Americanize architecture. I yes. loved it. I adored it. Um, it just looked cool. It looked weird. It looked alien or not alien, but different, you know, so, I don't want to be lazy and I have a star Wars encyclopedia right next to me, folks. Remind me, when did Mon Mothma first debut? Was it Empire or Jedi? She shows up in Jedi. Yeah. Okay. She shows up that's out of nowhere. She, she literally kind of shows up out of nowhere in Jedi. Yeah, and that's fine. That's we'll 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 get to that. The reason why I'm asking is because all as I ever remembered of her character before watching the cartoons and watching this was many buffins died bringing us this information. I am so happy. That she is a character that is not just relegated to that one-liner now. Like, I love seeing all... Like, I want the Mon Mothma story, and we're kind of getting it between what happens in the in the animated stuff and what's happening here. I am all for her story and how she is interacting with everybody. Like, that I, is awesome. I love her story in the show, but it also... Watching it the second time... I started getting angry and I got angry because of Ahsoka and Mandalorian season three, because like, I mean, she literally like kind of sells her daughter to a gangster. Yeah. She, she makes does. this horrible decision. To try to keep yeah. her head above water to keep the rebellion going. And like the new, Rep- they, they just treat the new Republic like it's garbage. It tortures people and they're yeah. idiots and they eventually get wiped out anyway in, in force awakens. Yeah. So it really feels like she did that for nothing. Yeah, and that's that's depressing and angry. It, it just it I like it, it's weird. It's like Andor and, and Rogue One are like these little gems in the yeah. poop that is <laughs> Disney Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And and you see what could have been. You you see what happens when someone who cares about the subject matter and wants to write a good story and be compelling and not just go look Tie Fighters give me money. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's an X wing. Give me give me money. Yeah. You know. Look, look, the the stupid the stupid New Republic's stupid because they're stupid and they have, they have to be an antagonist for the heroes. Yeah. That's that's how you write fiction is just, it it just like I, I do think I I wonder if, if Genevieve O'Reilly, the actress who plays my Mothma, like literally said to someone when they were filming Ahsoka, Can I just have a scene in this trial sequence where like I, I at least pretend not to be a moron? Where I ask like a somewhat pertinent question, where I, yeah. where I seem like I know something's going on, please. Yeah. Like, because I can't imagine playing that same character in those two shows. Yeah. Like, that, that would be just be weird, because it's like, 
okay, here I'm smart, but I'm making all these really tough decisions, and here I'm on a council of idiots. Yeah. Uh, okay. And going back to our, our, our Ahsoka uh, coverage that we did last year, I don't need a I don't need a security pass. I don't need the I'm C3PO. And she finishes his name. And I'm like, oh, like the fanboy in me was like, oh, that's so great. But now in Andor, it's like, again, seeing her story, seeing how she is with everybody. Yeah, just more more of Mon Mothma, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about since you're talking about writing and, and all that. Let's talk about Tony Gilroy. He is the creator. He's, uh, well, it says he's the writer, main writer or whatever on on Andor, but uh, he, he also has a creative credit on it. But this guy, writing credits, oh, man. 1992 is The Cutting Edge. Okay, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, The Cutting Edge, what are you talking Like, mm-hmm. this skating movie, people know. Dolores okay. Claiborne, Extreme Measures, he was a writer on that. The Devil's Advocate. You've got Reeves and Pacino, and he wrote that. I love that movie. Uh, he did the adapt. He did the adaptation of Armageddon, uh, Proof of Life from 2000. The Born. Tri- He's the writer on the Born trilogy. Have you ever seen the? No. You haven't. Okay. No, but I know people really like it. I know it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, he did the first three movies he did not do uh the fourth one that was the kind of he did identity supremacy and ultimatum from 2002 04 and 07 and i love those three movies because it's freaking goodwill hunting as this weird spy person type thing uh michael clayton duplicity state of play uh born legacy he did write born legacy uh that's the fourth one uh and then rogue one and 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 uh, and Andor, and it um, makes sense because you know, like Andor is a political thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it, you know, they, they, it was the rare instance where they got the right guy for the job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a political thriller that doesn't beat you over the head with an orange mallet. Well, it doesn't have. I mean, like the the beauty of Star Wars is like it's it's pretty obvious who the bad guys are. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, exactly. You know, thing that I really love the most about Andor is, um, and I, I always try to find a way to say this kind of very carefully because I don't want to be insulting. Okay. But like, I the thing that's great about Star Wars, particularly the original movies, is that they spoke to the children, all of us. I don't want to say they're four children because that sounds very diminishing. Right. But I think they 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 sparked that wonder, that magic, that excitement that you have as a kid. You know. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of them. They're they're very simple. Morality tales. It's being being four children isn't a bad thing, you know. And I think that's the beauty. And I think that's weirdly that's the flaw, the biggest flaw of the Phantom Menace, is that because he was trying to do like two, he, he because he was doing all this political not political stuff like not political thrillers but like trade routes and Senate procedurals, yeah. you know. And so he was trying to balance it out by being extra childish because Jar Jar steps in poop, he gets farted on. And it was just it was a weird mishmash. And I think. You know, then Attack of the Clones just was weird and didn't work. And I think Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith. I think he was trying to aim for a 13 year old audience, which is why it probably works better. Yeah, because because he was he 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 got the he the the the, the tone fit the audience. Yeah, Andor is written for grownups. 
And again, it's not a knock on Star Wars, but I mm-hmm. think that's the big thing is it's it's written for an adult. And I love that about it. I am not I I love the moments in Mandalorian where I feel like I'm seven years old again. Yep. But I'm not. I'm <laughs> fifty-two. And I love that this show talks to me like I'm a fifty-two year old, but it's yeah. still in my Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. That's I love that. I love that someone was able to pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what, because they, I mean, as far as I know, they're they're friends. I don't know if there was a past with them, but you have this whole thing with Bix and her boyfriend or whatever, Tim at the time. And, yeah. And, and all that, and Tim's jealous, and he's following Cassian, and he's doing this, and, he, and eventually Tim, you know. And, and, uh, and gets his. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, he gets killed by the security guys. He's yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think Cassian. I think Cassian kind of. It's pretty implied that Cassian gets around. Oh yeah. And that Bix was an early conquest. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's a lot about her dad. I think. Oh god. Yeah. Early yeah. on, or not early on, like when he visits her before she gets captured. Yeah. There's a line about her dad being mad that he climbed over the fence and. Yeah. 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 But I love her character. I, I just, man, need more of her character. That is, I just cannot. I'm so excited for this whenever the second season happens. And how, I don't know if we want to skip all the way to past the credits at this point in the podcast. <laughs> but Are you glad? <laughs> would, you, would you have caught that if I hadn't said anything? Probably not, because as soon as the credits start rolling on Disney Plus shows, most of the time, I don't stick around. I figure, yeah. oh, it's all these whatever. And, and look, credits are great. Everybody needs to have credit. Everybody who worked on something, I give credit to everybody. But half the time, I'm well, like, yeah. okay, what's the next episode I need to start watching now? I think most people are. I think that's one of the genius things about uh, Mandalorian was that it had the cool concept art. Yes. So you, kind of, you kind of enjoyed looking at the concept art and like staying through the credits. Yep. Yeah. I don't even remember. Like, like it's weird because when something really like gets to me, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I, when something, when I enjoy something a lot, I will kind of go in this weird, like, I, I, I don't want to let it go. And I'll just kind of like, so the first time I watched it, I just let the credits roll because I wasn't ready to go yet. And then, and then the thing popped up this time around. Ironically, I forgot about that scene, <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't see it. And then, like, like later that day, I was like, "Oh, damn!" Okay, uh-huh. I gotta make sure to tell Mike because I, I gotta make sure Mike catches it because yeah. it's it's such a great. It's because the whole thing is during. So so to set it up, there's the the, the third arc is Cassian gets arrested yep. on a totally bullshit charge. Yeah, he gets sent to this prison, and it's a prison factory, and they're making this doodad. And at the time. Oh my God! Like the 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 internet was like, what are they making? They had all these theories. They had all this speculation. Everybody was like really fascinated with what they were making, and I was kind of like, eh, I I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's a thing. They're making it like because because the thing isn't important. Yeah, silly me. Like the the important thing is that he's in a bad situation, and they gotta like they they gotta make a quota and <laughs> down with the team. And then there's this yeah. great moment because freaking uh Andy Circus as Kino Loy. Mm-hmm. There's this this moment which is just like I mean like if he doesn't submit that for the Emmys yeah I like, know right because yeah. they're working in this prison and his whole thing is he's the floor manager or, or Andy Circus is the floor manager and he's just counting down his days he's got like another two years or something he's got his, his time's getting shorter he just wanted to do his time make his quotas get out of there and they find out 
that nobody like they find out that they're that when people get out, they're just being moved around. And the way they find that out is a guy got moved around to floor two and everybody rioted and they murdered every single one of them to keep the secret. So they now know that nobody will ever leave. And the look on his face, because his whole world has been about doing his time and leaving. And just just you're watching a man's entire reality crumble and the horror of the reality of, of what he's dealing with and having lost everything that he's clinging to. It is like and then and then the, the one th- the, another thing like I, I I sort of hate about the show. I sort of love about the show mm-hmm. is this show takes cheap fucking shots. <laughs> yes, there's, it does. There's there's the during the uh, during the uh, the robbery. There's a yep. bunch of guys who get killed cheaply, and the one, the one guy, the one little idealist guy with his journal, gets yeah. like crushed by a, like a stack of credits when it falls on him. I'm like, that's a cheap fucking shot, man. They were already out of the hangar. Yeah. And then, and then during the big escape sequence, Kino, they they have to jump out into this ocean, and Kino Loy's like, I can't swim. I'm like, you. I, the first time I screamed at my TV, I was so pissed off. I was like, you bastards. But yeah, they, 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 it's so cheap. <laughs> I, I I just I, my my head can my head can infer is that he jumped anyway and then that one of the other prisoners helped him get to shore. Yeah, this go. is my head cannon, which is mine. Yeah, absolutely. And fun fact, fun fact, the the guy that 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 uh, Andor escapes with mm-hmm. as a minor minor part. I didn't even know this the first time I watched it. He's in Rogue One. He's oh. with the rebellion in Rogue One. So that character comes back, kind of. I mean, like you kind of see him in like group scenes, but like he does join the rebellion. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. That is awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. No, uh, Andor season one. I don't know if I'll uh, okay because we got we, I I I derailed us. This whole thing leads ultimately to a post credit scene mm-hmm. where you find out what those doohickeys are. Uh huh. Do you want to? No, you go. It's, you okay. The well, floor. The, it, they it cuts to these robots are these little droids are installing the doohickey. They're like star shaped. They're like asterisk shaped doohickeys. Mm-hmm. They're part of the super web. They're part of the super laser of the Death Star. Yep. And they're 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 building the because de- and it you know in Rogue One the whole thing is about getting the plans for the Death Star and ultimately uh, Andor dies because he gets killed by a blast from the Death Star. Right. So ironically, he actually helped make the thing that kills him in the end. Oh God, I hate when that happens. This, this show is like ridiculous <laughs> with the depth I, and the. the so if this is BBY five BBY BBY five whatever the BBY hell five yeah. yeah how are they gonna do a season two like it ends right before Rogue One is what they're saying like okay. some of the stuff is supposed to be Yavin okay all right I okay I'm okay I'm good with that then yeah um so then basically I have to move all the Star Wars stuff around if season two happens before Rogue One. No, I'm not doing that. No. Not doing that, folks. Um, I have I have very, you know, weirdly, I have mixed feelings about season two. Because I think okay. season one was so great. And I like, yeah. like my other thing, my, my other biggest complaint about season one is I felt like I, I would have preferred it if it had been like a fire and forget. And yeah. everything got wrapped up in the end. Because I feel like the, the final episode kind of pulls its punches to get everybody out and in place for this next season you know right yeah. it's like the only people who really die are like super minor characters like like deidre should have been like murdered by the crowd you know like like all these characters kind of get like pulled out and like just i mean i love the scene between cassian and b but like it's just like everybody kind of gets moved around 
so they can be there for the sequel. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, and at the time I was annoyed because I felt like it was a little cheap. And honestly, I almost kind of hate that Rogue One, or not Rogue One, that Andor has gotten more hype as it goes along. Because mm-hmm. I think, as I said to you, I, I, I think it will attract more attention from the higher ups. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. They'll want to be more involved. Where yeah. I think before it was like nobody really ca- like like you are, are pretty representative. Nobody really cared about this character. I did. Like I loved Rogue One. So like mm-hmm. when they said they were doing a Cassian Andor spinoff show, I was like, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. I was the guy. Like nobody yeah. cares about this show. Nobody's excited. I'm like, I am. I'm super excited. I really want this show, and I loved it. Yeah. But now that like people are paying attention, it's kind of like, uh, are they going to start sending notes? Are we going to yeah. have to do things? Is it going to be messed with? Like, yeah, please be good. Yeah, please be good. I want to know what happens to Luthan. I like because and because uh, the one thing we have to talk about before mm-hmm. we before we wrap this up, mm-hmm. there's there's a there's an ISB officer named Lonnie, which is, yep. and he's actually an undercover agent who's who's being handled by Luthan, and he wants out. There's a great scene where he kind of contacts Luthan and says, "Here's all this information I'm giving to you." as like a present because I want out. And Luthen says, I can't let you go. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I've got a kid. I've got all the stuff I can lose. And he, he makes it, he says the line, what's your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And Luthen gives this amazing speech, which is just, I love it. Uh, uh, you know, like he basically says, I've sacrificed. He says, he eventually says everything, but he makes it very clear what everything means. He, he means he's giving up who he is as a person. Yeah. To basically make a better, and again, so angry at the way they dropped the ball. He's yeah. giving up everything, decency, kindness, kinship. He's, he's, he's using the tools of his enemy to create a sunrise he'll never see. He's, 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 sacrificed, he's literally sacrificing himself to make a better world. And we know that it doesn't happen because the better world is the New Republic, which is garbage. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, I mean, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, headcanon... Star Wars doesn't go past Mandalorian season five, season two, mm-hmm. but but my point is, I don't know my point, but I want to know what happens to this character because you know he dies in season two. He's got to die in season two. Yeah, um, yeah, you want to know because you're now in, you were yeah. invested at the start with Rogue One, and I'm invested now with the beginning, like starting here and then getting to Rogue One. Like, oh, I finally understand. Like, it took this for me to understand why people liked him in Rogue One, even though I didn't give two crafts about oh, I, Rogue see, One. I fell in love with him from the very, like, the first thing he does is murder a guy. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, maybe I'm a monster. The whole thing is, he's, he's, he's meeting with an informant. The informant's been injured before. Uh-huh. And, because I don't know if you remember this very well, so I'll just lay it out. Go ahead. The, the informant's been injured, and, like, some stormtroopers kind of notice them, and they're in an alleyway. They're stuck. they got to climb over this thing to get out. And the guy's like, oh, I can't climb. My arm's bad. And Cassian, like, makes a split-second decision. Okay, I can't let you fall on their hands. So much for you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I love, I'm in. I'm yep. in I'm in with this movie. I'm in with this character. I love him. Because, I mean, it's, it's what, I, what I was about to say a minute ago anyway is, is Star Wars presents the rebellion from the top up. From yeah. the, the Jedi prince. From the princess. Yeah. Very antiseptic. Very... The hero pilots. I mean, Han uh, Han has always been my favorite character because Han is the closest to an everyman there is, right? I mean, like I can't I can't be the chosen one, but I can drive a truck with my dog. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I've always loved Han. You know, but the whole thing is a fairy tale. The whole thing is very kind of clean. But an actual rebellion would have dirt and grime at the base, you know? And I love that. I love that Rogue One was the the as 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 high-minded as the rebellion was, like they any any war, any conflict is gonna have some nasty shit when you when you dig down far enough. And Rogue yeah. One was showing that, like, yeah. I mean, even then, it was a lot more antiseptic than I think Andor was. Yeah. Like, Andor may not have shown it as much, but Andor kind of implied that, like, because Luthen is playing games with everybody. Luthen is sacrificing people. It's like a game of chess for him. And he knows it. And it, it eats him alive yeah. um, that he has to do this. But he has to do it because taking down the Empire is the more important priority. Yeah. And I love that. I love that there's just, like, you – because, again, the the the, the – the initial one of the initial things about Star Wars was the rust, the dents. Yeah. And this is kind of the rust and the dents in the narrative. Like it's not all it's not all heroic pilots and metal ceremonies and triumphant music and shiny droids. It's it's blood and sacrifice and doing some dirty crap because yep. in the end the, the the evil puffy monster man you're trying to take down is worse. That was the other that was the other weirdest thing about watching Andor. Was you're watching this complex political thriller drama, very very kind of grounded, very kind of realistic. And then at one point they mentioned the emperor, and I'm just I, uh, you know I'm just thinking of, of Ian McDiamond as this puffy monster man at the center of this like deep, very kind of realistic thriller thing, and it all revolves around this goofy evil puffy sorcerer monster. So it's kind of it's, it makes me laugh. So you want to know something really funny? Sure. I thought they were trying to turn Stellan into Ian. When no. he grabs that friggin' wig, I was like, wait a minute, are they trying to... No, they wouldn't do that. Come on, nah. Like, I was like, the whole wig thing just wigged me out, I guess. It was really, really... I understand why he did it, because he had to disguise himself. Yeah. But look at, look at his... Look at Luthen's face in this show, and he's not like a close resemblance to Ian at all. But just the way that he's portrayed, the way, and then you bring the wig in, and I'm just like, what is this? Episode five? What is this? The Empire Strikes Back, where you had a really weird looking young emperor? I don't know. It just, it drew my head to, oh, that could be Palpatine. Oh, interesting. Obviously, that's not where it goes, thankfully, and all that and all that. But, uh, but yeah, no. I, yeah, this was really, really fun. A uh, buddy of mine, DJ Valentine, uh, he um, he's done a lot of stuff with us in in the past. Uh, he said uh, when I when I posted the picture of of the main title on when I, when I was watching this, uh, he said the last good Star Wars anything left. <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Brad, who listens all the time, he says, enjoyed it. Well, I've enjoyed all of the live-action stuff so far. Probably most excited for Season 2 more than the other series. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where these characters go. It's going to be interesting and fun and, and really, really cool. And we are going to have to do the continuity backwards because Season 2 isn't coming out. And I'm not delaying this whole... 12 months of Star Wars just to fit season two in between season one and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it like a Soka. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, one, like one thing again, like, there's a lot of, cause I'm as much as I love Star Wars, I'm not like, I'm not the guy to do the YouTube video of like this suit of armor was mentioned in this comic book from, <laughs> 19, you know, 
but but there's a lot of that in the show. Like there were a couple things I caught. I caught like a Gungan shield. But they mentioned that that Cassian, I guess he served in the Empire because he served at the Battle of Mimbim. Okay. Which is which is a which is a fun lore drop. Number one, when we do solo, we will mm-hmm. see Mimim again. Okay. Um, and number two, where that comes from is the original Star Wars sequel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. So, so that that little name drop is kind of a neat little. And I think I got to go back. I haven't rewatched. I can't remember the name of the planet that uh, Bill Burr's character was on, where his like whole troop got wiped out. But that may have been Mimim too. Remember, remember, there's a scene where he's like in the. They're, they're they're undercover in the Imperial Cafe, and he's, he meets his former commanding officer who like sold his guys out, and they all got killed. And Burr shoots him. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, uh, it's it's like a real tense scene because because Burr remembers this this guy like sold them out. Okay, Burr remembers that, and he like he's trying not to shoot him throughout the entire sequence. And the guy is just like, please shoot me, I'm an arrogant prick. And finally he does. So they have to fight their mm-hmm. way out. And I can't remember if that was Mim Mim as well because like because because they mentioned in Andor that like. Like the Imperials like actually were shelling each other or, or shooting each other, mm-hmm. and it's pretty chaotic in Solo. Like you actually see stuff on the ground in Solo, although there are like like native adversaries in Solo. Yeah. Well, That's where Han meets Chewie, which yeah. is a which is funny because Han and Chewie aren't in Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And you will have heard all of this, folks, at the end of last year, because I have now moved the schedule to have Solo come before this episode. <laughs> okay. No, 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 it's fine. No, I, I feel um, bad. I no, 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 no. It's, it's, bad. It's I didn't know what I was dude, talking about. It's fine. It's weird that the whole rebellion only really took shape in five years. Yeah. That's a little weird. Weird to me. Yeah, rebellions usually take about a decade or so. To... Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's been working on it, like, like. Luthen says he's been working on it for 16 years. Yeah. And it's pretty clear that uh, Saw Gerrera and some of the other guys have been doing stuff. Right, yeah. But I guess the alliance. Yeah, uh, the yeah the main core, the the, the head, no, I don't want to say heads of state, but the heads of the alliance, yeah. it's And, like, I get kind of tingly where I'm like, ooh, he's going to ask him. Like, I'm thinking, ooh, the rebellion's already kind of there. I know it's not. But um, my thought was when when Luthen was like, I have a greater cause for you. I have this. I have that. What if, what if I told you you can have all your dreams in one fell swoop? You can have the 20 million credits and everything else all at once. And my thought was, OK, he's going to ask him to join the rebellion. And that but that's not how it plays out. And that's fine. It is what it is. And I can't wait to see the the rest of the whatevers, but um, that was my thought was the reason why Luthen was looking for him was so he could not just the heist, he could ask him to be a better person and, you know, join a worthy cause. Cause even though Cassian is, and I wrote this down and I wrote this down just because it's a, it, it it's a star Wars staple in episode two. I think, after we first meet Bix, Andor does something. And I wrote down, Andor, you scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Like I said, I binge watch this, the 12 episodes in like 12 hours. So it's kind of blurring right now. But I remember writing that note down and I'm he did because. In episode one, as we've already said, in episode one of the series, he does he kills the two whatever. The, yeah, the, the, the two security uh, guards are like harassing him and like yeah, who are harassing him. Yeah, pretty much. But there was something in in episode two where I'm just like, 
Oh, okay. I get it. He's essentially sort of kind of a little bit, tiny bit, like an older version of um, oh, the kid. Mr. Jedi. Oh, God. Not... Oh, uh, Ezra. God, okay. how, how the fuck did I blame? Could, could it be? Was 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 he harassed for money in the second episode? I don't. Like the, the 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 guy who had, that's a funny I, scene. Yeah. So when he goes into the club, is it when he goes into the is? The, it's, it's when he's walking the streets of Ferrex and he runs into a guy he knows who's like, "Hey, yeah. you owe me money," and yeah. you know, and then there's this big alien who's like working with him, and, the, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Yeah, nothing." <laughs> He talks the alien out of like being the muscle for the other guy because that, that's the guy that sells him out down the end. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it, it was something like it was essentially something like Han shooting first. It was one of those types. Hence why I said what I said. Like why I wrote down what I wrote down. I was like, oh, okay, that's what, and it was the only only the second episode. I was like, oh, okay, that's exactly where this is going. Yeah. But no, very very enjoyable. Uh, it's. It's one of those shows that I think everyone should watch um, just to experience it, not necessarily for the whole continuity aspect of anything, but just to – if you're looking for a fresh piece of the Star Wars universe that doesn't have laser swords, this is it. Okay, yeah. technically the ship had laser swords, but that was one moment out of 12 episodes. I, I mean if you're looking for kind of a cool political thriller that has – Really, just a touch of science fiction to it. There's not a lot of sci-fi to it. No, I mean, aside from the fact that you use spaceships to get around, yeah, it is kind of a. Uh, I mean, it could. It, the beauty of Andor is it could be set during World War II. Yep. It, could, it could be set anywhere, anytime, almost. You know, or and it's 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 a really good, cool thriller. It's a character piece. These characters are interesting. They're engaging. I mean, you know, it's it's God. For 2023 audiences, for modern millennial audiences, it's got diversity. Yeah. I don't know what more you – I I don't know what more you want than like uh, it's both got all the – it ticks off all the boxes for the millennials, but it's also a good story with compelling characters and stuff happens that's important and things things don't just happen randomly. Thing, you know, it's, there's, there's two different types of writing. There's – I can't remember what they're called, but there's one that's like thing happens – and then another thing happens directly because of the thing happening. And then there's the other kind of writing, which is thing happens, thing happens, thing happens, thing happens. Yeah. And this one is like really well written. Like it, it's got everything. It, yeah, one I knock, think it's, it's more a cause and effect. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's, it's a little the, slow at the beginning, but other than that, it's so good. Like I promised myself I wasn't going to do that, but like, <laughs> but it is so good and like. Especially because we've been starved so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that uh, that uh, rise left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, didn't it? Yeah. <sighs> well, we'll get to that, folks. Oh, boy. that's yeah. uh, that. Those are going to be fun episodes in all kinds of horrible way. Oh, God. The sequel trilogy. <laughs> so since we've been doing all this Star Wars stuff... I've been seeing a lot of George Lucas shorts, whether it's him or whether it's people using AI to recreate. I was like, please don't don't use AI with George Lucas. But I've seen several things where he has said there are six movies. Yeah, that, that's it. Like he's he's talking about, yes, I sold my stuff. Yes, they're doing things with the stuff that I created. But for me, 
there are six movies. I had plans for this or that and whatever else, but what they produced wasn't my uh, whatever. It yeah, is what like, it is. Yeah, it's, it's uh, one of the beauties of the situation. One of the few good things about the situation is that it's very easy to draw a line. Mm-hmm. There's there's like the, the before Disney stuff and the after Disney stuff. Yep. <laughs> and it's very easy for me to go, okay, see a Disney stuff. Like I, I will salvage, I will salvage a couple of like little gems, mm-hmm. Andor, Rogue One, Mandalorian one and two. Yep. And then the rest of them just, you know, flush that. <laughs> flush it. <sighs> I'm yeah. fine with that. Like I, I got no problems. Yeah. And, and, and you said before Disney and I'm like before Disney and after Disney. So BD and AD. Oh, great. BD and AD. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and right. you know, to be f- to uh, well, to be one hundred percent fair, mm-hmm. there's a lot of rose-colored glasses looking backwards. Like I've read a lot of this. I've not, not a lot. I've read some stuff. Let me put it this way: as bad as the sequel trilogy is, mm-hmm. there was crap in Star Wars before then. <laughs> there was garbage before. There was terrible crap in Star Wars before. Disney got his hands on it. All right. Mm-hmm. It was not a perfect time. In fact, you know, the weirdest thing about this whole sequel trilogy is the way that like everybody is being much, much kinder <laughs> to the prequel trilogy. Yeah, kinder, gentler Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and 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 I, I think to some extent I think that's fair to re-examine the this, the prequel trilogy. But I'm just saying, like, it was not all sunshine and roses, and then Disney came along and like stomped oh, on it. Oh yeah. There yeah. was there was poop. There was yep. poop. There was plenty of poop to shovel back in the day. Yep. Especially in that trash compactor. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. We are going to rate this zero to five with half points. What are you going to give season one of Andor, sir? Five. I'm surprisingly right. Th- I thought I was going to take a couple of points off or a half point off, but no, I'm I'm right there with you. Fives all around. It was really, really good. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this. Mystery, intrigue, and droids. Like, <laughs> yeah, B two is B two is awesome. B two is amazing. B two yeah. is a one. Like, there are so many. The, the beauty of it is, you start to dig into like the secondary characters, and they're all really interesting. Like, like his buddy Barrasso. Yep. He's a cool right. character. Like, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, but you you just get the sense that he's interesting. He's got a life. Yep. Like, just the show is so well done. And uh, one thing I will say before I do the ad break thing is uh that i didn't say earlier i love how cassian is trying to craft the story like no that even though this happened that's not the way you're gonna tell it how it happened like that reminds me of um 25 years ago 1998's great expectations with uh the the adaptation with ethan hawk and gwyneth paltrow ethan hawk in a narration opens the film I'm not going to tell you how the story happened. I'm going to tell you how I remember it happening. Like, I love that Cassian is basically feeding everybody these stories on how, you know what I mean? That's yeah. just so cool to me. It's a great moment. So fun. All right. right. I want, one, one thing I do want to say while we're summing up is yep. that one of the biggest, stupidest complaints I saw about the show, there are fucking aliens in Andor. <laughs> There are plenty of them. Like, everyone's like, there are no aliens in the Star Wars story. There are. And even if there weren't, eh, there really weren't that many in the original. Like, you, you take out the cantina scene and Jabba's Palace. Yeah, that's... And there yeah. really weren't that I mean, there was, like, one scene in 
I mean, people always get pissy, like, well, Chewbacca's an alien. Yeah, okay, Chewbacca's an alien. You know, but I mean, Bemo's a droid. Like, you've got that. Just, there are aliens in the show. They don't have a big cantina sequence showstopper. Yeah, they but don't. Like, but but they don't need it because this show it. is not, not about that. Yeah, this show is not 1977, 1980, or 1983. It's not about that. It's about like you've said in this in this episode. It's a political thriller with Star Wars on the edge of it kind of thing. It's a Star Wars story that has the more blaster effects than lightsaber. Like uh, like we've already well, said. It's about, it's about the common guys on the ground, not exactly. about the yeah. princes and princesses fighting their, their, their yeah. sword fights. Yeah, exactly. All right. You're going to hear some ads and some other stuff, folks. We're going to come back to close the show right after this. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Hi, welcome to UpNerd. What is UpNerd? UpNerd is a podcasting network of shows hosted by me, The Uneven Flow. People have told me I like to talk at them about a pretty wide range of topics, comics, games, movies, books, whatever, and now I'll be able to talk at you. Along with the weekly show will be two bi-weekly shows. First, we have Find You Pick, a show where one host picks a movie, then both hosts have to watch it. Then the next episode, the other host picks the movie. Each show will have a breakdown of why it is that movie was picked by that host, after which will be a discussion about uh, what it is we just watched. Lastly, we have the show Top 3, Bottom 3. Similarly to Fine You Pick, one host picks a television series, and the next week, the pick alternates to the other host. Here, the episodes of the show are chosen by the top three episodes and the bottom three episodes, as rated on imdb.com. Yes, this is probably the worst way to watch and review a television show, and yes, that's the idea. On our shows, I'll detail out how you can suggest things for us to watch. You can reach out and talk with the hosts, and maybe even appear on an episode. I hope you'll join me for this exciting new podcast adventure. I swear we're going to make it more than eight episodes. 
because the world needs another movie podcast. The GeekCast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek. Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan. Each week we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news, play movie games, go in-depth on reviews, and even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series where we review noted director's movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to experience The Cinema Geeks. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or geekcastradio.com. Welcome to my throne room, Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. So let's say you're looking for a podcast of your favorite 80s comic books, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, etc. Where are you going to go to find us? Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. That's right, everybody. We're the Star Joes. We host a podcast called Star Joe's Podcast where we talk about your favorite comic books, your favorite toys of all the 80s properties. Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats, Voltron, you name it, we cover it. If it's in the 80s, we will we'll cover it at some point. Yes. Yeah, so what you want to do to find us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to www.starjoes.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Since 2009, we have been the premier cartoon podcast here at the GeekCast Radio Network. We are TuneCast, from taking you beyond the cartoons we grew up with to seasonal saucy toon talk, and now we get the origins of toonsters everywhere as we ask guests... 30 questions about their cartoon-watching experiences, plus so much more. TuneCast is back. Join me, TFG and Mike, and the rest of the GCRN crew as we give you all the tune talk you will ever need, only on the GCRN. And wherever you consume your podcasts, we are beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. We are all tunes all the time here on TuneCast. Yeah. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, geeks and geekettes. Looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of topics? Then check out Altered Geek Unleashed, where we discuss our thoughts on this week's geeky news, tech, gaming, television shows, movies, cartoons, comics, and more. So, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks, every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Mark Who 42 Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Car, car. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. The Empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. It is never more alive than when we sleep. It's easy for the dead to tell you to fight. And maybe it's true, maybe fighting's useless. Perhaps it's too late. But I'll tell you this. If I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards. We are back here inside Studio 2009. Any final thoughts before I run through the closing, sir? Uh, I mean, I think I've, we've summed it up. Uh, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a really good show, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't, like, there's a huge difference for me as the, as the content consumer that I am if I've seen something and I don't like it. 
and I have to go back and try to see if I can like it kind of thing. And like we already said in the last hour or so, when I first watched Rogue One all those years, that is so far removed from where I am now. So that's why we're doing this the way we're doing it. We're doing it in continuity order and and all of that. And yeah, I really... And again, this is coming like I didn't know this. I didn't know Tony Gilroy was was the creator of this show, the 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 main guy, whatever. And then looking at his credits, like we've already done, I'm like, oh, no wonder why I like this show. He did the Born stuff, and I love those first three Born movies. The fourth movie, whatever, but the ones with Matt Damon were amazing. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us here inside Studio 2009. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts. Leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcatching client you choose to use. Follow us on X. It's at Geekcast Radio for the network at It's ITS Studio 2009, all one word for the show. I am at TFG1 Mike. Dave doesn't do social media. Well, he does, but very rarely. Uh, just not on, the, not on that platform. Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out Studio 2009 podcast over there, as well as joining the Toy World Order fans group is where you can see all of Dave's stuff that he talks about. Join us next time when uh, Jesse Jackson and Sylvan Groth from Perfectly Good Podcast, uh, Jesse also does Set Lusting Bruce, so they are going to join me and we're going to talk about 2002's The Rookie starring Dennis Quaid and a bunch of other people. So that's what's going to happen next time on the podcast. For now, I am TFU and Mike with... Dave Draper. You'll hear us back in the studio soon. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.